Hello, and welcome to the Autism News Network podcast, episode 10. My name is Dr. Frampton Gwinnett. I work at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston, South Carolina. You can follow me at Dr. Gwinnett on Twitter and Instagram. That's D-R-G-W-Y-N-E-T-T-E. I am joined today by Ainsley Knight. Welcome, Ainsley. And her father, Bubba Knight. Nice to meet you, doctor. Yeah, good to see you guys. Thanks for being here today. Um, So our exciting topic today is... You want to tell them, Ainsley? Sure, Doc. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Ainsley Knight. I'm here to talk today about book reviews, about books that I've read in the past years, and they are excellent. Awesome. So we're going to get some tips on um, good books for you guys to pick up. Um, we're going to talk about reading in general. Um, Ainsley, I know you are a huge reader, and you described yourself as not only a bookworm, but a... A fat, juicy bookworm. <laughs> <laughs> and how long does it go back, your history of reading? Um, I've been reading ever since I was little, probably, probably since I could talk. And, um, ever since then, I've just been reading all my life and it's, it's been very relaxing for me. I love it. And for, and for any other bookworms out there, books are really great. You get to get lost in the adventures you get to picture the characters you get to see get to go where they are but not in real life so <laughs> yeah so it's good for the imagination yes it is yeah absolutely and you know reading has been shown to be one of the biggest like predictors of performance in life and intelligence so that's great yeah and dad do you remember ainsley being a reader from a young age Ainsley started reading books on her own in the early threes. She started picking up on it quickly. Uh, At first, we would think it was just her browsing through the book, but then she could answer questions about the Mm -hmm. book and complete sentences as well. Wow. So the comprehension was there from an early age. Yes, it was. That is such a gift. (laughs) Wow. What a blessing for you. Um, Now, how many books do you read on average like a week? Um, I would say if I if it's a really short book, like if it's a really short book with only like twenty something chapters, I can finish it in a few days. For a really thick book, it takes me quite a few weeks, probably even a month to finish. And I have a pile to get through before I even get a new one. And whenever we're at the bookstore, I make a list of the book, the ones that I want, and. I put them on my list, and I'm like, oh, okay, that one's good. And and my mom is very – she's very picky about what books I read, like no romance, no people – no people holding hands on the cover, and yeah, she's just looking out for me. She's just protecting me, and I just think she's – I just think she's being picky, that's all. Yeah. Well, it has a lot to do with the internal com- – um, Content, excuse me. Um, holding hands is not a big issue at all for the most part. It's usually the the language and how the uh, book may progress into something that we want you not to see at this time for the most part. But we have quick reviews. We have friends that are also teachers that we send the review back to, a question on the book so we can get a review and usually have an answer in a couple minutes. Yeah, and there is um, a website uh, that's good for getting the parent recommendation of movies and books. Um, do you guys know the name of that? Um, 
Yes, I do. Um, my mom goes to commonsensemedia.com, and that's for watching for movies, books, any type of thing, really, video games, you name it. My mom looks on there, and she she looks at the content of the book, says if it has any, any like, R-rated things or X-rated things. She'll, she'll look at it, and then she'll either tell me the book is good or, no, put it back. And yeah. th- and that gets me upset. And Sure. I mean, I mean, it just makes me really mad. Yeah. And, Ainsley, you've been open about the fact that you have been diagnosed with autism. And can you tell the audience how old you are? I am 21 years old, about to be 22 in April. Okay, that's awesome. And so some of our audience may be wondering, like, why are Ainsley's parents so involved in the choice of her books? Well, you know, chronologically, she's absolutely, um, you know, 21 years old. But developmentally, we're still working towards, you know, maturity in terms of understanding adult content and, um, you know, keeping all females with autism safe. Um, And so, yeah, I think the parents have done a wonderful job of keeping an eye out for you. Um, and you're still growing, you're still developing. So maybe you know someday you'll step into your own maturity. But for now, I think it's helpful that the content um, is monitored closely by your parents. Yeah. Um, now you read paper books, right? Like not eBooks or Kindle. Tell us about that decision. So I like actually holding books, and and I, I like smelling them because they smell good when you first get them. I know it sounds embarrassing. And um and ebooks aren't really that good cuz like the cuz it's the light's not great. The light, the lighting's terrible on ebooks and Kindles and mm. stuff. And and when you when you go to a room with good lighting for a paper book, you can actually see what you're see where you are in the book. So, yeah. yeah. So, do you um feel like when you're reading a book that you can remember a certain passage was in the upper left corner and the lower right corner, like you have a picture in your mind of the book or? Um, not really, but I can like, I can picture characters, like what color hair they have, what color eyes, mm-hmm. although usually they tell you, they describe the characters to you. Yeah. And um, some characters in the books I've read, I would love to be friends with. If they were real, I we, we would have a really good time. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, so... You like the paper books. You like the smell. You like the feel of it. And then where do all these books go when you're done reading with them? I have so many. I have, like, several boxes that I put my books in. I organize them. And I don't put them in alphabetical order because that would just take forever. Um, I have them in boxes so they don't, like, crowd my room. And, and, um, And I might. I might get even more boxes for the bit for my other pile once I'm finished with it. Gotcha. So you're like swimming in books, huh? Yes. Yeah. I'd like to add in on that. Uh, with Ainsley, it's um, once she has a book, she wants to keep it. Uh, at times, I'll kid with her, and sometimes very seriously, that it's time to donate because of um, the room they take up, and that is best to share with other people. And an argument will ensue, yeah. I promise you. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I started reading on an iPad and on a phone probably about three years ago, and I went from reading like zero books a year to all of a sudden I read like 20 books a year because I could chip away at it when I had my phone with me. And also, um, it's nice because you can take it anywhere with you. Like I've got, you know, 100 books on my phone, and they're not piling up. But it is is hard. The only other thing, too, is that you can search it. So if I want to say, hey, what was that part? I can hit the search window and find it. 
But it is different because it is, I think it does strain one's eyes, you know, to look at a screen a lot. So, and there is something about having a light and having a real book, isn't there? Yeah. Did you ever hear Abraham Lincoln used to read by candlelight in his cabin? I had, I had no idea. I I had no clue that he that he did that. It must have really given him a headache. Yeah, I think it did put a strain on his eyes. But now we can, you know, read anytime we want, which is kind of cool. So anyway, well, cool. Well, um, well, what types of books do do you and Dad like to read? Um, the books I like to read are fiction, um, some romance, as long as Mom says it's okay. Blah. Um, <laughs> um, and I like reading books about like puppies because it reminds me of Oso, my, 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 my little bear. Um, yeah, your dog. <laughs> yep. And I like reading. Um, I like reading books like from Disney, like the Twisted Tales, and um, I like reading. Uh, I like reading books that come from the Scholastic Book Fair that was at my brother's old school this past November. The book, yeah, they that had some great books and yeah. So the Twisted Tales is that the one where it's like princesses that come to modern day life and then change lives or something like that? Um, sort of. The Twisted Tales have questions like, what if Ariel never defeated Ursula? What if oh, okay. Anna and Elsa never knew each other? What if the prince had eaten the poisoned apple? And um, gotcha. Yeah. And so those are Disney stories, but with a twist. Yes, okay. and they are excellent. I have, I have seven of them, and two I haven't read yet. Yeah, and I've read five of them. They are so good. I can picture every yeah. place, every character. Like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and they're on Netflix, right? The Twisted Tales. Um, no, but they should be on Netflix. They should really. Or they're on Disney Plus. They but they made. Like um, TV shows out of them? Uh, no, they have not. But I, I, I might send a letter to Disney to tell them to put a series on Netflix, like Episode One, Ariel, Episode Two, Belle, and yeah, yeah, like yeah. That would be a surefire hit. Pretty it, much everything Disney does. Yes. Yeah. And if they, and if they do do a, um, like a, if they, if they do a, if they do Netflix or something like that. If it was on Netflix, it'd be a big hit. Yeah. No, absolutely. And Dad, what kind of books do you like to read? Um, I basically like pretty much history-based uh, war movies for the most part. Uh, and then if I really want to get into a good book, it's more like a um, turn-of-the-century early hunting or outdoors yeah. activities gotcha. before a lot of people were here for the most part. Yeah, I uh, like to get myself lost in the woods or the water and just have a good time away from people. Yeah. Now, with the World War II books, is there any particular, like, theater or period of World War II that you like to read about? Um, no, not really. Either Pacific or the um, European style. You know, uh, theater for the most part is fine with me. It's just um, I like more history-based and yeah. Hollywood-based, if you follow me. Sure, sure. What Are there any things that come to mind in terms of the way Hollywood has romanticized World War II versus the way it really was? Um it might be because a lot of that, not just an example, but it might be because what was allowed to be recorded and shown in the movie itself for the yeah. most part. Um, I've always been a big fan of John Wayne. Yeah. Um, Sansa Iwo Jima is one of my favorite, but it's been romanticized for the most part yeah. in certain parts. But it might have been that way just for the what was allowed to be shown. Yeah. That they couldn't show all the blood and guts. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. 
um, yeah, it's we've done a couple podcasts talking about World War II, and it's just it's amazing how much has been written about it, and it it was only what seven or eight years from wire to wire. I guess nineteen thirty nine, nineteen you know, six years. But boy, there's just so much to be said and thought about and written with World War II. It's, it's endless, isn't it? It very much so is. Uh, anywhere from just the pre-war before we got involved for the most part to the end and to years after of the effects it had. Yeah, absolutely. And the way it's affected the maps and no question. Um, okay, well, I wanted to ask uh, Ainsley now, are there any autism books that you've enjoyed? Yes, there are. There are... Um, one that I did not enjoy was the safety skills for Asperger women because my parents made me read it cover to cover and dad said if I finished it he would take me to get a book of my choice and I I was happy about that when he kept his promise. Um, it's like there's chapters on like real friends and don't just assume someone's your friend and there's like there's I don't know if there's a chapter on strangers or anything mm-hmm. like that, but there's like there's different chapters. The friendship one's the only one I remember at the moment, and um, I've I've stowed that book away. I haven't touched it. I haven't looked at it, and I was yeah. I, I was like I was really upset by it that mom picked that out for me. Yeah, maybe dad can shed some light on this. Um, Dad, what are your fears as the father of a young woman with autism? Like, what are your fears in terms of safety issues and things that you ask uh, her to be mindful about? Uh, To touch on exactly how Ainsley put it, it was uh, the friendship part. Um, Not identifying a true friend that could put you in a very precarious situation. And so mom asked you to go ahead and proceed and read it from cover to cover so you'd be better informed. Uh, The better you've been informed, the better decisions you have made, and it's been easier on us as such. Um, Without having some kind of guide to go by, all you can do is listen to your parents. And whether you have a 5-year-old or a 20-year-old, they always don't like to listen to your parents. So any kind of backing up of that material that we can elaborate on is very helpful. Yeah. How old was Ainsley when you guys started talking about things like alcohol and drugs? Ainsley? Um, um, I'm not sure when. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure when, but... Um, well, I'll say it's probably at a younger age. I would say between 12 and 13 for the most part. Um, yeah, right we've been lucky enough to have her in a pretty decent setting for the and she yeah. wasn't oh exposed to that kind for the most part um a lot of it she is done on her own as in she didn't care for certain things off the bat yeah. um, um i'm safe to say that i'm i have one every now and then an alcoholic beverage sure and uh she's really showed no interest until she actually hit 21 because she would say i am not of age to yeah. partake and um ve- been very minimal on that yeah and then as a guideline for other parents of females with autism, what would you say to them when it comes to talking about things like um, sexual activity, protection against HIV and pregnancy and so forth? Like, As a parent, what would you say is, are important things to keep in mind? Um, I am a gentleman of direct. I am very direct when it came to this. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, it will depend on your child's development, how it should be gone. You should go about it and discuss it. 
Um, myself was direct approach around the age when we see boys or girls catching the eye of each other. We would mm-hmm. have a, uh, a normal birds and bees conversation. Yeah. After which, uh, depending on uh, your child, it might take a month, a day, or a year. Yeah. Uh, me and Ainsley decided to take a ride, and within about five minutes, I had said my complete piece. We've had open discussion, yeah, and uh, we have been very successful in it. Yeah, so that direct approach has worked for you as for a family. My, for myself, the direct approach, because yeah. I did not want to leave anything out or to imagination. Right. Um, my basic comment on the whole thing is I'd rather you come to me to discuss a subject that might be hard than have to deal with a hard situation later. That's right. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because they really are safety discussions in the end, you know? Very much so. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing I worry about in my all of my patients, but also my female patients with autism, is being contacted by either overage males online or, you know, somebody out there who's going to be a predator on someone who's vulnerable. Um, and I know a lot of parents share that fear with me. And are there any steps, unique steps that you might recommend that parents take? Um, going back to the discussion with Ainsley reading that book about development of the autism in a young lady for the most part, um, identifying a true friend. That became one of the biggest issues and still is for the most part. Yeah. Um, being introduced to online apps, uh, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, uh, you have to completely monitor. Yeah. The only way I can say to best protect your family and your child is to be involved. Yeah. If you're not involved, you do not know what's going on. That's right. That's right. And things can happen so quickly in our, our online world. And um, yeah, I think it's really great, Dad, how you said to mi- try to minimize the risks. Um, and so that um, last few minutes might seem like a tangent for our audience. But I think it's really relevant, not only because it pertains to that book, The Safety Skills for Asperger Women, but also because for all of our audience, you know, safety is always number one. Um, And like Mr. Knight mentioned, you know, being involved is always a good idea. Um, Okay, so that, Ainsley, might not have been your favorite book about autism. Do you have another book that you, about autism that you liked? Yes. um, There was one that my boss recommended to me called Things I Should Have Known. And it's about two sisters, Chloe and Ivy, but Ivy has autism like me. And it's she's very picky about what clothes she wears. And um, I think that's the only thing she's picky about. And um, the, it was it was it was amazing. It was good. Um, and there was only one part that I didn't like. No spoilers. No spoilers. Sorry. Um. Um, there was one part that I didn't like in particular, but I won't say it because that's a spoiler alert. Um, but in the book, Ivy's sister, Chloe, one of her classmates at school, David, has a brother with autism. His name is Ethan. Oh, wow. And they try to get Ivy and Ethan together on a date. Yeah. And But it doesn't really work out that great. Gotcha. But you felt like you, you could relate while you're reading it. Yes. That's really, So you recommend that one? Yes, I recommend it. And, and What was the name again? Things I Should Have Known by okay. Claire Lezebnik. Cool. Um, for uh, any for anyone who's, who has autism or is, someone has a sibling, this is the book for them. And and um, it's just a good book in general. Okay. We'll definitely keep that in mind. Um, now, you are an animal lover, especially a dog lover. 
Yeah, and so we have a bunch of books that you recommend, but tell me about this one, A Dog's Purpose. A Dog's Purpose is about um, a dog named Bailey and his owner, Ethan. They they go on adventures together. I don't remember reading it. I read it a long time ago, but it was good, and I let my nanny borrow it so she could read it. She said it was it was too hard for her to read because she said she was worried they would make her like sad and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there are some sad moments, right? Um, I, I can't remember. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. It no was a problem. long time ago. Some of those books, I think is a dog's life and a dog's purpose. Is that the same series where, um, no, a dog's life is by Anne M. Martin. I uh-huh. read that with my cousins. Yeah. I went to their school, school library for a book club and that was the book they were reading and i don't remember that one either okay okay but you and i and i think dad all agree that the book marley and me is not on the list of stuff to read because it's way too sad yes it's way too sad and the movie the movie was sad i cried when they had to put him down you know and when he crossed the bridge um it's the book and movie are sad and yeah, so don't see that. Don't read that. Yeah, no. Just to let you know, Dad won't even watch that movie. Yeah. It's, it's a downer. Absolutely. I saw that book movie once, and I was so angry. I think I threw the DVD away. It was just absolutely terrible. Um, okay, and then did we already talk about Chester and Gus? Um, No, we have not. Yeah, tell us about that book. So Chester and Gus is a book about a boy named Gus who has autism and he is 10 years old and his parents are trying to get him to be more social in school and they they bring a dog to the house while well, the dog's owner brings him to the house the dog's name is Chester and they're trying to train him to to read and to be more to be to try to like train him for like a job or or something like that and yeah and um does one of them have autism yes the boy gus has autism yeah and he at first when he sees chester he just doesn't really like him but eventually he gets used to him and the um the type of dog that gus is is a labrador retriever and oh that's a great breed. Yes. And it also reminded me of Oso because he's, he's my autism service dog. Yes. We're going to, um, in a second, I have a, an extra segment we're going to do. For those of you who listen to the end, there's going to be an Easter egg at the end of this one. And you're going to have to listen to the very end to find out what it is. Um, but before we get to the conclusion, I want to ask you, you, the book, one of the most famous autism books is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Have you ever read that one? No, I haven't. I'll have to look at that one next time I go to the bookstore. Yeah, that's a good one. It's kind of a mystery, but the main character, Christopher, has autism, and it's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the cover is interesting because it has a, I think it's a poodle on his back, upside down, um, on the book. It's like a red and black cover. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to talk with my parents and see if we can go to Barnes & Noble this week and maybe, yeah. maybe we can pick it up. Yeah, so Common Sense Media, we'll look that up online and see if it's appropriate. And uh, I, think, I think it might be. I think it's okay. Um, cool. All right, so now um, we're going to wrap up here. Any other uh, final comments, um, Dad and Ainsley? 
I have none at this time. Okay, Ainsley. Well, I've got a little surprise for you. I am going to give you 15 seconds. It's kind of a blitz, but 15 seconds to tell the audience about your boy, Oso. I need to get my clock out, okay? And I will tell you when to start, and I'll tell you when to stop. You're almost ready? Ready? Go. Oso is... He's a service dog. He's amazing. He um, he goes everywhere with me. I, I love him very much. Um, uh, I've taken him to many places. What's he look like? He's he's black. Fuzzy or not fuzzy? Uh, fuzzy. Good. Gotcha. Now is he bad or? No, no. He's he's good except he tends to get into napkins and stuff. Okay. We're trying to get him to stop. Because I've always heard he's a very good boy. He's a very good boy. He's a little bear. Okay. All right. Well, thank you to our audience for being here today for episode 10 of the Autism News Network podcast. We heard from Ainsley Knight and her father, Bubba. We heard about a lot of great books that you can read and also discussed some very important um, safety concerns about reading material, but also um, rules or thoughts for people who are going to be online or who are raising a youngster with autism, whether it be male or female. Um, So there's a lot to think about. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that you'll also join us for episode 11 coming up next week. Again, I'm Dr. Gwinnett at D-R-G-W-Y-N-E-T-T-E on Twitter and Instagram, and we look forward to seeing you next time.